Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tas Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is William Baisley. He's the CEO and founder of Roof Marketplace. So, William, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here with you and chat about our story. Absolutely. You know, I love entrepreneurs. You're an entrepreneur. Did this sort of tendency to entrepreneurship show up early in life? I've always been, uh, as uh, people said, uh, two things. Uh, I always like doing the entertaining showman type stuff. And I've always been sort of a sales guy and a go get it uh, ever since I've been a young kid. Uh, actually, I had my first business per se when I was uh, about 10, 11 years old. I started a wa- window washing business because I wanted to make some money and just went around the neighborhood, found a couple of gas stations that wanted to hire me and start making money there. So I guess I started pretty early. <laughs> and then you, you spent a lot of times in sales. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, really, I, I love the sales sales side of the world and selling technology, helping people uncover what their needs are and trying to solve their problems or help them solve the problem, being a consultant to them and obviously bringing a solution to them that I feel could add value. And then really uncovering what that value is and doing a value proposition to them that makes sense. And it eventually getting to that win-win. There's nothing better than getting that ink on the paper after you've understood what their needs are and making sure that we can deliver on a, something that solves their problems. Uh, so it's a great thing to be in, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know, whenever, you know, people work for different companies and then, you know, I'm always curious and then you've jumped off pretty deep into the entrepreneurial side uh, of, uh, you know, the last uh, six years or more, but um, how did that occur? Like what, what, you know, you have roofing marketplace, but what was the origin story? Yeah. So uh, I started in the property insurance market early 2000s. And so did one of my co-founders, David Kish. He was in the insurance market as well as an adjuster. I was selling technology to carriers uh, from the claims side of the world, cost estimators and other things. He was on the adjusting side. But actually, as a co-founder, he and I grew up together. We've, we've known each other since we've been nine years old. So but through that, our friendship, our, our growing up together, uh, lots of experiences, and then being in the insurance space, we uncovered a thought of just one night where, like every great idea, there might have been a, a brown liquid involved with it and sitting around, there might have been a nice cube or two in it. And uh, we started talking about what some of the problems are in the industry and some of the things that he dealt with as an adjuster. Customers always asking for who should I use and him not being able to answer and the challenges of the cost estimators that I was selling and the answers that were out there. And then we were kind of realized, hey, why can't people do this like they shop for everything else? You shop for your shoes on Amazon, you go for technology, everything. We should be able to offer that same experience to the claims world. So that was really how the idea was born. Yeah. People that were from the industry that were servicing it, that we thought there's a better way. And we decided, hey, let's give it a shot. So we, from there, or around 12, 13, we started playing around with some ideas, put a little bit down on our credit cards to build an MVP, and uh, went from there. Uh, as he, he always likes to say, he lost a lot of hair. I went really gray and <laughs> through it all. But we got to a good place uh, through the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurialism. 
Yeah. I mean, what were your, you know, early stuff? You said you put some money on the credit card, you, you developed an MVP. Now what? What'd you do? Yeah. So from there, we took it and we put it in the hands of uh, a lot of carriers. And there was the whole running around the market because we have a three-sided marketplace. So we had to go talk to a lot of people. We yeah. we did a lot of investigation because we, we knew the, the need was there um, and even talking with people before, but now we had something real to show people. It wasn't just an idea of a, on the back of a napkin, but something that people could touch and feel and play around with. And so we had to do a lot of going to the contractors to get them on board and listening to all the contractors. I said, oh, I can never do that. You can't bid a job without going on site, even though they bid new construction all the time with plans. So we knew that part could work, but it was the execution of it that was important. Uh, same thing for the carriers. The carriers knew that there was there's uh, issues with the status quo, and they wanted a better solution. So we worked a lot with uh, some industry executives and leaders that were a, a significant part of things to answer questions and give their thoughts that kept evolving the MVP until we came around till 2019, uh, 2020, 19, 2020. And uh, from there, we had a little enough traction to be involved with a program called uh, CDL, Creative Destruction Lab. We were invited to it. American Family hosted uh, was the sponsor of the risk stream in 2020, which was the first year for an insurance-focused uh, solution. Uh, we were lucky enough to be invited to the application process, and we were one of the 40 companies, I think it was, that was uh, selected to be part of the round one. And we were uh, part of the graduating class of it. Uh, there was eight, seven other companies that was part of that. And it was really exciting. But the best thing through it is we had some phenomenal mentors that helped us figure out what we were going to do. Because that year, we were still in LLC. We weren't sure if we wanted to take on some institutional money. And we uh, had some great people coaching us along the way, the pros and cons. And we, from that, though, we made the decision to take on some investor money for a seed round in 21 and uh, use all that to take that MVP we bought or built and rebuild it from scratch. And when I say from scratch, our third co-founder, Tim Russell, he's our IT guru. He had worked a lot of years for free uh, helping us keep the original MVP up and running until we got to a point where we could totally rebuild it. And he took it, re-infrastructured it and built the brand new platform with everything we had learned over the years and all the latencies and because the old platform, you'd click a button to get data and it, it would spin. You could go get a coffee and come back and hopefully the data would be there. But he re-engineered it all and and cut over. I'll never forget that that weekend. I think it was March 12th of uh, 21, shut off at 5 p.m. that afternoon. By Sunday morning, everything was back up and running 100%. All the users were there. All the data was there and everything worked perfect come Monday morning. So it was a great thing. But it was a, such a fun uh, a fun time to get to that point. A lot of stress, a lot of struggles, and uh, yeah, thinking of the entrepreneurial side of things, a lot of sacrifice. And I always have to give it to my fam- uh, give a thumbs up to my family because uh, there was a lot of sacrifice throughout the years. Uh, entrepreneurialism is not for the faint of heart, and uh, there's a lot of risk that I think a lot of people don't understand uh, that goes into it. A lot of sacrifice that goes into it. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, times where you're sweating it and trying to figure out how we're going to make it to the next point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, when did you know, and you may have already described this, but when did you know that everything was going to be okay, or at least you weren't going to go down you know, yeah. <laughs> right away? It coincided with COVID. And I we weren't a business that was 
succeeded because of COVID. But I think there was some things that helped helped us along with COVID because of the whole virtual aspect of it. It kind of pushed a lot of things faster than it would have without it. You know, the whole virtual meeting, Zoom and everything, I don't know would be as popular today had COVID not been there. So, but now we've all learned to use it better and it's become part of our lives. So it was actually March of 2020, we were down in Florida with some friends and we we're doing okay at that point, but we we're still not at that point. But suddenly in March of 2020, one of our carriers, we had been working with them for years and they were dabbling, dabbling, dabbling. And then all of a sudden they turned on the floodgates. Now, when I say the floodgates, it, it was interesting. Dave and I always joke around about the fact that we look back to 2017, 2018, 2019, where we'd get one request in a day. Yes, we got a request today. Then we get three requests in a week. Holy cow, that's awesome. And then we got to a point where we were getting five a day. And now we're excited for five a day. And then, But then come March 2020, suddenly we're getting 10, 20, 30 a day. And it was like, wow, now I can breathe a little bit. And then it's like, it take two seconds to breathe. And then it's like, okay, now we better get some team members to help because the three of us just can't cut it anymore. But it was a whole different excitement level. We always knew in our hearts that it would work. And sometimes I always, uh, people say, why did I stick with it so long? I, I always have to just say, maybe I was just too dumb to give up on it. <laughs> it was such a good idea. And I just couldn't understand why every everyone else didn't get it. But we just had to keep fighting through it. But it was really March 2020 where things just turned. As I say, it wasn't that it was a total sigh of relief. There's still a lot of things yeah. to do and figure out. But we could see that we kind of broke through that initial jump that we had to do. Yeah. For those that don't know, just walk me through a simplified experience of going through this process you developed. Yeah. So what in if you have a roof claim or if you ever had one, you know, it's a painful process. You got to call up the insurance carrier. They put in a claim. They'll send out an adjuster to inspect it. Or you get a knock on the door from a storm chaser that says, hey, you need a new roof. Let me help you with that. That's a painful process. So through roof marketplace, when a carrier has identified a property that needs a new roof as part of their claim, they send that to us. And it, through an API or through our interface on our platform, and they can go ahead and create a request that takes them just less than a minute or through the API instantaneously from their claim system. We combine that with aerial measurement data. So from our from a partner Eagle View, and from there we package that all up into a into a package that we send out to three roofers that are vetted in those areas. And they bid that job on their phone in less than two minutes without going on site. So anyone who's ever had a claim or had a roof redone, they know the pain of having to meet roofers to try to get estimates and understand what they're bidding. We've simplified that whole process. So that goes out to the roofers. They bid that job that sends three bids back to the carrier that they can then share to the homeowner uh, to be able for them to be able to select it. And if they go ahead and select one of the roofers, they, it goes through fulfillment all through the platform and all the way to completion and fully transparent. And that's one of the big things we've done for the carriers is, A, we've helped them to be able to pay the accurate price for a superior roof system that includes a superior warranty that has a 10-year workmanship warranty. But most importantly, we've made it transparent from a financial standpoint, a process standpoint. And so everyone knows what's going on throughout the whole process. And one of the things that we're really excited about is that 
94% of all the homeowners that have used the, the fulfillment side have said they'd recommend their insurance carrier because of that claim experience. So it's all through the platform that we've built out through our journey. We own all of our IP and we have a great platform that is executing on a lot of transactions every day. Yeah. I mean, how how di- did you approach the original vetting of the contractor? I can see, I can visualize how you're vetting them going forward because there's transparency yeah. on how the project goes and stuff like that. But how are you vetting them on the way in? Yeah, that was part of the whole uh, the startup journey is how are we going to do that? Because um, there's a lot of traditional models out there. But what we did was we actually partnered with GAF, one of the largest manufacturers of roofing products out there, and uh, largely because of their um, contractor program they have. There's other ones too. OC has a phenomenal program too, and lots of good roofers out there. But And we take only those top tier roofers from those sort of manufacturers because primarily they can deliver on something that we require, which is that manufacturer's warranty and the workmanship warranty. So our vetting as part of our journey as a, as a young company was to work with them to have them do essentially they're bringing the premier roofers to us. And then we do have as part of the platform, we built out a whole mechanism for documenting that. So if a carrier wants to know, is that guy insured? Are they licensed if applicable? If do they have this, that, or whatever is required in their local area, we can show them at any time, those roofers that are, are validated through the platform. Awesome. Great process. Now, you know a lot more than when you started. If you were to travel back in time and, and coach your young self, would you? what would you say? What would you do different? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. And I, I often think about that. But I think number one is I would really focus on that MVP even more than we did. I, I would, would try to figure out how we could have spent a little bit more on it, even though it would have been tough. There's some things that... <laughs> what would it improve, though? Because the thing is, you you scrapped it, right? Well, we had had to because we outgrew it. And that was simply the fact of... But there's just some things that I guess would I do different? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I do know there's... You want to make sure you... Uh, a, I think I would have brought on some other senior level people, uh, a financial person a little sooner. That is one thing I definitely would have done in hindsight. Not that it made it horrible. We had some good partners helping us with it, but having a CFO, which we have a fantastic CFO now, but having someone at that more senior level from a financial perspective and planning would have been a good asset for us to have earlier on. Having a a more defined product roadmap would have been a good thing for us to have a little earlier on. But when I say all that, we kind of fuddled through it. And that's kind of the fun of entrepreneurialism. Sometimes you don't have all those processes in place, which... It's fun, it's frustrating, it keeps you up at night, but you know, we got to this place because of what we did. Now, there's some times that I wish I would never want to experience again, or and I would never begrudge it on our, anyone else, you know, through the entrepreneurial track. There was, I'll never forget being down in Florida, and we were pretty much tapped out from both a business side and a personal side because, as I say, I give a lot to my family because we did invest a lot of effort, time, money into this and there was a low point when i will never forget being down in florida and we're just trying to drum up the the business and sell sell to carriers and the contractors and just trying to figure out ah, how can i afford taco bell tonight yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the growth that's part of the journey 
And as I say, I don't know that I would necessarily change that because I think that made us better as a company because of those those tough. Yeah, times. I mean, I remember those moments with myself. But I mean, what for you? What helped you get through that? Like, what were you saying to yourself? What were you doing? Because many people at that point they break or quit. Yeah, yeah. A few things. Number one, I knew in my heart, and I know this sounds it might sound crazy, but I knew that this. This had legs. I knew the value proposition because I had seen the evidence of the early testing and the early information and all of the anecdotal information and and quantitative information that I had about the process and what we could do. So there was that side of things that I, I, I just knew that we could do it. I knew that there was there's a big problem in the insurance industry that really needed to get solved and it wasn't going to get solved by all of the participants who were with status quo and they're very happy with status quo and they're doing very well with status quo but they're not going to be the ones that are going to change it. So I think that was one of the things that got me through it. The simple fact that I have four kids and I needed to <laughs> I need to provide for them so they can go on to college, they can go on to their live their lives so and I had a wife so that, you know, she she put a lot of trust and faith. She worked a side job to help along as we went through this. And I wanted to make it right that we made this a success. So there was a lot of that determination. And part of it was uh, what also got me through it is I heard enough people say that it can't be done. So <laughs> that's a bit of a challenge that was thrown at me. And uh, I don't like to lose. So <laughs> so I wanted to make sure this was a was a winner. Wonderful. What are you working on now? What is this going to look like in the future? Yeah, so uh, we we got some exciting things coming along. One thing that we are very big on is that uh, a lot of our successes and our future successes as a as a young company is that we are very very focused on what we're doing. We're not allowing ourselves to get distracted by the shiny object, the bells and whistles, which I think causes a lot of challenges for entrepreneurs entrepreneurs in general because we do look at a lot of things and oh, I could go get this, I can get this if I just did this. So, we're being very focused on staying true to solving the roofing issues of the insurance space which is over 20 plus billion dollars. So, there's a lot of needs in the insurance space that that's spent that needs to be addressed. And so we've got, we're going to stay focused on ensuring we have the best roofing solution and platform for the property insurance market, uh, both commercial and residential. There's also a lot of opportunity in the retail sectors and some others, but we are going to stay focused on that and making sure that all of our users have a very easy, fast process. And most importantly, that they can use us in all 50 states. So our team is growing fast. We're at over 53 people, which has been another part of that entrepreneurial journey of it's a big difference. Dave and I always talk about it during our CEO fireside chats. We've often talked to our team about the fact that three years ago, four years ago, there was three of us and there was four of us and there was eight, then there was 20 and now there's 53. And, And it's exciting, but wow, brings on a whole other levels of challenges for an entrepreneur. HR stuff is always fun, but we definitely want to make sure we're doing the best job in those spaces as we grow our team and making sure that we have the right people to help us get into all 50 states. Yeah. William, is there anything that I did not ask you, but you wanted to share? No, I think you, you, you know what you're asking here. <laughs> so uh, I love, I love telling the story. It's been a fun ride. I, I think the, uh, the one thing I do want to share for anyone, because uh, I know we're focusing on the entrepreneurs, have, have your support system, have your people you trust and, don't be afraid of partnering with some some close friends and everything. 
That's a big one. I, I will say I never will forget one other discussion early on uh, when I talked about my relationship with my co-founder, Dave Kish, and how, how we grew up together. As I say, we've known each other since we've been nine years old. So as you can tell by the gray hair, I'm not a spring chicken. So we've been friends for quite a few years. But someone said, Will, don't do it. That's the most foolish thing. He goes, you guys will hate each other. Now, I will say he and I have had some lots of heart to hearts on both sides. And we've we've fought this through. He sacrificed a lot. We sac- So we all have. And Tim Russell came along a little bit later on. But you know, I, I will never say that I could ever agree with that advice because if you truly have someone that you trust and that you can work through and be honest with, you need that to partner with. It'd be You need to be fully open on things and discuss the tough questions. And that was one of the biggest things that got us through the tough times as well is being able to challenge each other. We were able to help each other through the challenges, but also we kind of pushed each other through the challenges too and pushed each other into challenges to make get us to yeah, this point. it's it's the exact same in my situation so it depends right with that but um mm-hmm. it can work extremely well yeah absolutely it, it's that it's that trust factor that you know it's no different than going into battle you want you want people that you know they have your back and we have their back and we're we're going to get to the win somehow. That's right. You're right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So thank you, uh, William. I can feel the passion, the ups and downs. I love the story. Thank you for sharing it so openly. Yeah. And thank you very much for the opportunity. It's always fun sharing it and uh, look forward to uh, working with you in the future and hopefully we'll cross paths at some of these events this year. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.